Hey guys, we're back. New episodes, new era. I'm really excited to have my friends Sarah and Wade joining me this season as hosts. It's going to be a really great season and a great new era, whatever you want to call it, of Let's Unpack That. We have so much to talk about. So let's get going. Let's get unpacking. Today I am joined by Wade Clausen. Hi everyone. <laughs> you guys may recognize Wade. He was in a few episodes last season. He was so amazing and also was one of my best friends. So I'm so excited to have you here, Wade. For those who maybe missed your episodes last season. Do you want to say a little bit about who you are? I'm Wade Clausen. Some probably know me as a TikToker. Um, <laughs> Famous. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I do like funny little skits about the gay community and stuff. Um, that's really it. You're just being yourself and yeah, having fun yeah, and people love it. Exactly. Well, today we are joined by Gavin Simon. He is an influencer. He's well known for his podcast, Gays and Girls, or GNG, where he talks about stories and experiences in the gay community, similar to that of this podcast. We thought it'd be great to have him on and hear a little bit about his experiences across social media, but especially gay Twitter. So here you guys go. Enjoy. This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Well, hi, Gavin. Welcome to Let's Unpack That. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm pretty good. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Gavin, so people who may not be aware of who you are or know who you are, can you give us a little bit of background of who is Gavin Simon? Yes. Um, my name is Gavin Simon. I grew up in Tampa, Florida. I went to the University of Florida. I studied sustainability studies. I'm like super into like climate change and like environmental science. And now I currently am a podcast producer on two clean energy and clean tech podcasts. And I'm also like a social media manager for a dating app. I'm gay. My pronouns are he, him. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Did you grow up in Tampa? What was that kind of experience like? And what's kind of the gay community and gay scene like in Tampa? I feel like every single time I go to like, there's two gay, there used to be three gay clubs in Tampa, but now there's only two. I swear to God, like I go there now and I'm just like, I, I just go like this one eye open the whole time. (laughs) Cause it's literally just like a fucking like meet and greet of like anybody you've seen on your phone, but like now they're in real life and just like stumbling across and the gay scene is very small. I would I would say it's small. I think it's supportive. It's nice. Like it's like a normal gay scene. The nice thing about going to like the gay bar here, since it is so small, like people do listen to the podcast. So like I host like gays and girls, and like people will literally come up to me while I'm literally like blacked out. And they'll be like, Oh my god, I listen to gays and girls. And they're like, Can we get a picture? And I'm like, sure, let's get a picture. Okay, we love having fans. It's a small community. It's definitely probably similar to what it's like here in Milwaukee in southeastern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Very small, especially like Wade. Super small. Wade goes to UW Whitewater, which is a, literally like in the middle of cornfields, like nothing within like a 50-mile yeah. radius. <laughs> but I guess to get back on track here, um, so you started on social media. What was that kind of experience like? What, what was your first foray or exposure to that world? I mean, I think it just goes back to when you're a young queer person in like middle school, high school. Like I went to very small schools just by like choice. Like I never went to like a big public school. I always like went to like 
a very like uh, it's called a charter high school do you know what that yeah. charter school is yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like always in charter school like my mom would like never let me go to a real one and I, so like my view of the world is a little bit different and skewed in a good part because like I didn't get bullied a lot but like there was definitely some bullying and like you're just kind of like pushed off to the side in real life but then like on social media you can find your community and like find the people and just like find people that are also gay and young and, like that's very yeah. rare and then another layer of that is like everybody you meet in high school and like in middle school in my experience was not platonic like if I was meeting another gay person when I was like 17 like we're getting downtown on social media like it can be platonic it can be friendly like it can just be somebody to talk to that's what I enjoy about social media period it's just like connecting with people you never thought you would connect with and just like finding that community that you obviously don't have in fucking Tampa Florida TikTok is like probably my most favorite it's just because I'm a literal like I'm not even trying, I'm not trying to say like, I'm a crackhead. (laughs) I just like speaking my mind and I just will set my phone up and speak my mind. So that's great. That's great. I mean, I think I definitely agree. I think a lot of times people try to like demonize social media and well, obviously, yes, when it's not used correctly, like it can have those negative consequences. But I think especially as gay individuals, I think it really offers so much potential to just like connect people, connect with people and like make friends and Mm -hmm. in ways that like you never thought would be possible, even with this podcast, like with getting people like Gavin on who (laughs) never would have probably crossed paths with Gavin, but then you're able to make those connections and have those conversations, which is great. Um, So when when did you kind of start gaining traction on social media. I mean, you have what, like 160 something K right on Twitter. So like, how does that experience go about like growing that big of a platform on Twitter? The math behind Twitter and the algorithm is just like the more people that you follow you, the more exposure you get because there's like retweeting and like you're getting put on somebody else's timeline. So I do think it's a really easy social media platform to get big on fast. <laughs> so quickly I've seen people like literally get 60k in like two weeks because they're just like hot and like boring and <laughs> I would say another white twink with following like wow great job like you made another person <laughs> like you're doing so good but I would say um it was right when I started at UF like I remember I dated this person and he had like 6,000 followers on Twitter and I had a solid 300 and I was like, wow. I was like, you have like a lot of followers. Like, I was like, this is so crazy. And then it was just like, he retweeted me once and like, we like broke up. But like, like I said, you get put on all of these other people's timelines. You can like grow really quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like I just have fun with it. And I've learned to like, for Twitter, especially not to speak my mind as much. Just post your pics and go, girl. Like, <laughs> nobody wants to hear too much of what you have to say. How do you guys use Twitter? I don't really, I, I just started using Twitter more. I used to think it was like a more of a dead social media. Yeah. Just because, you know, not as many people use it as like Instagram. Or it's one of the smallest platforms. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it's probably worth the most because Elon Musk is buying it now. <laughs> um, but um, no, I just started doing it. Now I'm posting thirst traps. But I follow a lot of people that just like they post without thinking. Like it's just yeah. like it's like a sp- spam account or like a Finsta. 
I used to do that too, but like, baby, once you have like 190,000 followers, you can't do that anymore. You just need to learn to shut the fuck up. Like (laughs) it's however you want to use the app. My advice is just like to follow like funny, hot people. So Twitter itself, like I've literally made so many friends through Twitter and like one of my best friends like lives in Chicago. I'm going to go see him this summer. Like whenever he's in Tampa, like we just like link up. And then I met, like, when I was in California last year, like, I just, like, randomly tweeted, I was like, who the fuck lives in San Francisco? Obviously, half of the fucking gay population lives in San Francisco. So I, like, got lunch with somebody. It was just, like, such a cute experience to just, like, literally have the opportunity to just, like, put out on your social media, like, who lives in so-and-so city? And then someone get back to you. And, like, you yeah. now just, like, hanging out with somebody who you would have never hung out with before. Yeah, I think it's hard especially on like Twitter when a lot of people that's more, you know, sexually charged, as you said, it's like hard to, I think also find like the people who are genuine and actually like want to make those connections and not just be about, you know, each other's bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having as big of a platform as you do is, I know obviously when you have that many people following you, there's lots of people on Twitter and all social media that are just really weird and creepy and can be kind of like predatory. I mean, is, how do you deal with that? And as you were growing your platform, like, what was that what was that experience like there was actually a dm today that i just got and i was like what the fuck does this mean like <laughs> it was literally just this random person that said you are juicy buddy and i was just like i was grocery shopping and i was just like what the fuck you really have to be careful this is like a big thing for me like young impressionable kids will get on this app and get a large following and then they will tell me stories of like all these weirdos, like reaching out to them, like the weird photographers that only shoot like half naked 18 year olds. Like you're weird, like you're mad weird. So it's definitely a scary place. And you just have to honestly like bounce it off a friend or something. If you're like going to do something, the DMS are just like, it's bad. Like it's just random people, just anything you can think of, like anything you can literally think of. I've probably seen it in these fucking DMs. I wouldn't pay somebody a thousand dollars to have to look at these weirdos. And that's with like any social media, but I just think with like young queer individuals who are easily taken advantage of, like they don't have a lot of people to like rebound something off of. So like, if you're getting taken advantage of, you're kind of just like doing it by yourself when it's just like, uh, maybe you should like tell your friend like what you're doing just to stay safe. Mm-hmm. No, de- de- definitely. People are scary. And I think we've all heard one too many stories of creepy photographers and people not understanding boundaries or respecting that. Or weird grinder messages. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely lots of sexualization in the gay community. But I think when you when you use all those tools correctly, like you really can make those really great connections mm-hmm. with people and find people that actually do want to be like genuine friends. Just, just It takes a lot of time to get there, I think, to a degree to find those genuine people. And honestly, like use your platform for like good. Like when I started gazing girls, like in the back of my head, I just saw myself like in a third person point of view. It's just like, Oh, it's just another white gay with a large following. Like, what are you doing with this platform for good? And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to show people that like, I actually have a fucking brain between these two ears and I'm going to show people that I'm actually emotionally intelligent and I'm going to like highlight and give um, my platform to other people that need to tell their story. So I think even like it's kind of like was part of the goal for like this podcast as well. Like I didn't know about yours. Like we didn't copy you. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I think there really is like a lack of 
especially like in podcasting or just like in the greater media space, that there's a place for gay people and people part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQI plus community to like share their stories and like have genuine conversation. Because I think oftentimes it's so easy to feel so alone and isolated. And I think it's really great whenever you're able to create a space for those people to feel a little less alone or have someone that they can relate to and listen to. Um, 100%. With social media comes like the pressures, the standards, like body image or feeling insecure, feeling like you have to look a certain way. How have you dealt with all of that? And what kind of what are your thoughts on it now? This is a very good question. And I know, <laughs> I know I'm perpetuating the, <laughs> I'm like perpetuating the problem, like, like just by posting my body or whatever. But I know like I'm doing it with just like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm just going to post this. I'm not doing it for like malicious intent. I'm not making money from it. Um, but it is a problem for like young people who might be a little vulnerable and it might be a little bit insecure about their bodies. And just like, you are seeing this person get thousands of likes on your phone. And like, you're just like, what the fuck? Like this person looks like this, like literally what the hell. And I grew up like a little, like on the chubbier side. So like, like getting in the routine of like eating healthy and like working out has helped me a lot mentally, but it does suck. Like if you're like sick in bed and you're like, watching somebody work out on your phone, you're literally like, I'm going to cry because I w- that's all I want to do right now. But I'm stuck in bed. I spoke about it on a r- earlier episode of mine. And I just basically was just like, I personally stopped commenting only on somebody's body. Like I, I personally don't comment like, wow, your biceps look crazy. You look so skinny. Like, I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm yeah. just like, you look really happy. You look healthy. You look good. Like, I'm not going to be here like commenting, like just like weird shit about your specific body. Cause like, it's just like a very shallow compliment. Definitely in the gay community, body image is huge. Like there's such a dysmorphia for that. Have you struggled with it at all, Wade? Yourself? Yeah. Yeah. No, most definitely. Yes. Um, I, when I was younger, I had an eating disorder and I lost a hundred pounds because of it. My mind was just saying, I, I can't do this. Like I need to lose it all because I gained a lot of weight because of a different medicine. I have body dysmorphia now, but like that's because of the struggle. And I'm just trying to get it better, you know? Yeah. yeah. And my, I always say just like the first step to like anything is just like being conscious of your problem and like being conscious of it. So like, at least you're conscious of it. And I'm sure you learned an immense amount of lessons coming out of that eating disorder that you can hopefully now share with like your friends and like people around you who are probably struggling with the same thing. Yeah. But is there any like tips that you would provide people or um, give people who maybe are dealing with body image issues or comparing themselves to other people on like social media or on Twitter who are posting just thirst traps and they can't, they're they're kind of thinking to themselves, why can't that be me? Like, why isn't that me? My number one thing is like, it, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it seems. People are really good at like getting a good angle. People are really good at using good lighting. Um, I always tell myself, like, I'm never going to be, like, in the shape that I am, like, tomorrow. Like, I'm only getting older and, like, your body is ever-changing and you're only going to be as young for so long. And I remember, like, when I was, like, 18, like, just, like, being super tiny. But, like, now I'm, like, as I'm 22, your body naturally changes. Like, this is a natural thing, people. Like, I, like, was just, like, 
just noticing like how my body's just getting a little wider or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, Gavin, it's because you're literally like turning into an adult. Like you're not going to look like a child for so long. And I just think like you have to really humanize yourself and like realize your body is always going through motions. And for me personally, I work out for like therapy and like I am plant-based and like vegetarian and like, I like to like watch what goes inside of me. So it's honestly, you got to start with your diet. If you're trying to like feel better about yourself, it doesn't matter what you look like. It's just like how you feel. Cause people can have amazing bodies, but eat like crap and they probably feel like crap as well. So it's just like, you got to take care of your little body. You had just platform for a little bit now. I mean, I'm sure when you're in a relationship and you have that platform I can imagine there's a lot of tension that can arise, especially when you're on a platform that is very like, image-based and people are in your DMs or they're in the replies commenting and saying whatever and maybe saying like, oh, I want to do X, Y, Z with you. And like just being, you know, very sexual like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're in a relationship for you, how have you, have you dealt with that? And has there been ever any issues with partners? I can only speak on this from personal experience. I am hoping to God, none of them listen to this, but I have no idea what these people do with their free time. But I personally feel like sometimes it does interact with the relationship. I had one partner that used to make like a lot of like small, like passive aggressive comments. And then I had another, like, honestly, two of them both made very passive aggressive comments, but then we're the same people to turn around and like start randomly posting on Twitter or TikTok. And it was like, so you're making these like, kind of negative comments about me posting, but you're also doing the same thing, kind of expecting me to like comment or gas you up. And I'm not a fucking dumbass bitch. Like <laughs> I notice these things and it is weird, but like, I also have to think about them. They're like, Hey, like this might be an opportunity for me to get followers or whatever. But like, if you want to do that, don't be negative about it. Like don't put down your partner for their platform because you might be insecure about it or something like that. And for the, in the weird comments and stuff like that, like you just have to have like a very secure partner that knows like your relationship is strong. Like I don't have a fucking, like I have a boyfriend sticker on every picture I post. Like it's <laughs> impossible like for people to know, like I'm going to give the people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but I definitely do personally think that like some people have weird feelings about it but other people don't some people like they don't even fucking care but i will say this one time i was when i was studying abroad in london i was like talking to this guy from tinder we talked for like two weeks and i actually really liked him and he randomly said one day i follow you on twitter did you know that and he was like i he literally told me he was like i knew you were coming to london because you tweeted about it that's kind of stalker vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally like, but he was cute. And I, was like, <laughs> I mean, he was like a cute stalker, whatever. I ended up blocking him because I was just like, no, I blocked him from my Twitter. I was just like, I don't want him to see anything more. That's like a big thing of mine. Like I definitely try to keep it on the low because yeah. I don't want to rush into anything. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you guys? Have you guys like ever dated anybody with a platform or like, have you ever had anybody that got insecure with something you posted? So we can't, Wade has, but we can't talk about it. Um, yeah. (laughs) uh, 
my TikTok platform got big because of my relationship. Okay. Uh, not really. Um, I did it myself. But it was also the downfall of my relationship because my trusts were broken mm -hmm. and just, yeah, that's I all I'm going to say. In? What? Can I put that in? Yes, you can. Okay. I'll tell a full-on story about my ex on my podcast. I'm like, bitch, it's my platform. I, I won't put your name in it, and only you will know who you are. Nobody else is going to know. And so I have those conversations when they come. Yeah, so you work for an app that's kind of like Grindr, but seems like it's a little bit less horrible. Do you want to, like, talk about it a little bit? I'll give you guys the story. I went, um, I was in Miami for New Year's Eve, and they hosted, like, a launch party that Sunday of New Year's Eve. And, it, like, it was at this, like, fat ass mansion and I was like what the fuck is this I was like who the fuck is hosting this right now and from what I, we heard it was like a they rented the place like it was not rented like the person who owns the app owns that house and basically I talked to somebody there who was just like worked for the app obviously he like spoke he like was wearing a motto shirt the app is called motto like m-o-t-t-o and I spoke to him and I was like, Hey, like I work, like I own a gays and girls podcast. I would love to like help you guys market your app and like, let's do an episode episode together and discuss like why this app sticks out compared to the others. Long story short, I never got the episode, but then I ended up getting a job. Like it was just like, <laughs> they needed somebody for social media. And I was like, I can do that. Now I literally work for a gay dating, gay queer hookup app. That's based in Miami. And like the big difference with Mata was just um, when you submit your profile, you have to submit a picture of your ID with your face and all of your pictures are like headshots. And like, like you, you just have to have your face in the picture. There's no like body um, profiles. Like it's, there's like no catfishes. That's like the big thing behind it. That's great. I mean, yeah. catfishes are the worst. It's an interesting experience. Like I get paid to literally make TikToks around gay dating. So yeah, and I got to work like a lot of like Miami Pride events, which was like a lot of fun and like being able to like meet that side of the community. Like I never experienced like Miami Pride before. And I was like, whoa. What is kind of like the gay community like in Miami? Like what's what's that vibe like there? Oh my God. I like... I only was able to like hang out with a certain group of people just because like that's um, like my partner was like bringing me around like a certain group of people. I'm like, these bitches are crazy out here. Like <laughs> they do not sleep. I'm like, how, do you guys have jobs? Like what's happening here? Like, why are you? Why, it's Sunday. It's 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 the Lord's day. We're going to bed. But these people like don't go to bed. So I can understand why Miami is crazy. There's like a good like music scene there. And like a lot of like gays like love like house music and stuff. So it's a good time. The only weird thing about Miami is like when you think of Miami and like when you think of gays, like I'm thinking of like the sexiest like nightclub like on planet Earth. Like I'm thinking like, bitch, like we're in fucking Miami. Like this gay club better be popping. No. No. Two gay clubs in Miami are literally... 50 yards away from each other one is like the size of like a three-car garage and it's just like your basic bar that plays game music and it's like packed like sardines and then the other one has a really cool layout but it has fucking carpet and it's like three floors and there's no like large dance floor it's like a very small like in the corner dance floor Weird. and the vip tables are literally like two feet in like it's not cute. So that's really weird. But that was like my biggest. I was like, the Tampa gay clubs are literally like bigger than this gay club. It's 
weird. Well, Gavin, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It was great having you. Uh, do you want to give everyone your socials so they can check you out and check out your podcast? Sure. Um, I first want to say thank you so much for you guys for inviting me. I, well, I was a pain in the ass, like getting on and like scheduling and stuff. But I promise you, my life has just been like living out of one singular suitcase for the past three months. But now I'm back <laughs> and I promise I won't be a dick next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I appreciate the patience. No, like, no, I no, Gavin. I totally get it. But um, yeah, what's your socials? Like my Instagram is just Gavin Simon and my first name is spelled with an E. And then you can find everything through my Instagram. Um, but I do want to say like anybody who's like young and queer and like getting into social media, like please stay safe. Find your community, use it positively and like, don't take everything that you see online. Like, don't think it's real. A lot of people just project a bunch of like deep down shit. So definitely take it for a grain of salt and enjoy it and like have fun. Well, thank you so much, Gavin. Thank Thank you. you. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Bye guys. See you guys next week. See ya.